Saturday Down South podcast. He's Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. Marler debates down south. We have a topic that is still probably fresh in the minds of many people. Many people. No. 2017. Yeah, people 2017. that are in fan bases of losers. Well, I mean, it depends on depends on who you ask. That's true. 2017. The debate today is: Was Alabama's playoff resume was Alabama's resume playoff worthy? That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Did Alabama deserve to make the playoff in 2017? A topic that got a lot of traction in the last, oh, I'd say, month leading up to that announcement. Should yeah. Alabama make it? Should Ohio State make it? Depending on who you ask, it was a serious down-to-the-wire debate. And what happened afterwards, uh, it actually fueled both sides of the argument, which, as you know, I hate using the postseason to justify decisions that are made in early December. But what happened in the postseason with the Big Ten having this bowl season where it goes 7-1, and and you have people that say, the Big Ten had this great bowl season. This is why the Big Ten winner should have been able to make it to the playoff. And then SEC fans were like, wait a minute, two SEC teams just played for a national championship. How could you possibly say that the Big Ten definitively was the best conference in college football? Yeah, so I don't remember any of that happening. I don't remember anything about Big Ten bowl <laughs> record. I don't remember any of that. I remember this in a much different light. Um, and, and before we start, I feel like we have to do this anytime we talk Bama. Whose idea was it to cover this? This was my idea that I texted you about Friday afternoon. And Friday yeah. afternoon, you did not respond to a text that I had about this idea. Yeah. And and so, like, I just kind of, was, I was like, well, is he, like, not into it or whatever? Like, it took a full two days for you to respond to that, to, yeah. like, the question itself. So I'm like, okay, I thought this was, like, a pretty decent idea. And the reason that I chose this was because... We did not start recording a podcast, me and you together, until February of 2018. Now, none of our takes, yeah, I mean, none of our takes about this discussion in particular were discussed on a weekly basis. So I thought, you know what, this is something that people still kind of remember. And how would we judge this in hindsight a couple years after the fact? Because I'll be honest, I had some very, very strong opinions (laughs) at the time that this was all going down. Yeah, so I, I <laughs> so like, I wanted to get that out of the way first by saying like this was Connor's idea. This is not a Bama podcast. I'm not the one behind that. Fair. Here we go. All my idea. I consumed this, this the announcement, all that kind of stuff before I was working for SDS. I had like kind of had a not a falling out, but a little bit. I thought it was a falling out with SDS, but it was not. Um, I was working at a Mexican restaurant, man, bartending, and just kind of telling myself I was living the dream, and I was not. I was not. It was the end of the year. I was depressed. Like, like the football season's coming to an end, and there's a chance that Bama lose this last game of the regular season and might not get in the national championship game a year after having what I've called several times and still will, the best Bama team I've ever seen in my life, come up one second short in the national championship game. So I was nervous going into this. I, I was like, oh, God, if they don't get in, it's going to suck. Because you already kind of think that and we'll obviously get into all this, you kind of think that they've already used their one get-out-of-jail-free card. And by that, I mean their one, you didn't win your conference, let alone even your division, in 2011, still got the national championship game. Surely they won't let that happen again after what happened in 2011. They did. And I... Go ahead. 
But in response to that, I would say it's a different discussion when we're talking about the playoff era. And yeah. the counter-argument to that is, well, Ohio State, in the eyes of many, had two get-out-of-jail-free cards. Because in 2014, many people thought that TCU should have made it in ahead of that Ohio State team. In 2016, the Ohio State team that had one loss and was left out of the Big Ten Championship that lost to Penn State... Ohio State made it into the field, and Penn State did not. So and Ohio State got waxed. <laughs> and Ohio State got waxed in the semifinal game against Clemson. So it's like thirty-one nothing. Uh, I think it was it was thirty-one to nothing. It was definitely a shutout. In, yeah, thirty-one. That was the number I think for sure. Yeah. yeah. So everybody that that is pointing to this and saying, "Well, Alabama, are they going to get bailed out by the selection committee?" Right. Again, I think that's the totally wrong way to look at oh, it. Oh, completely agree. Ohio State was the team that had been hotly debated for the third time in the fourth year of this system. Yeah. Well, and, and to be fair, and to be fair, I was consuming my college football and dis- and college football discussions purely on social media at this point. I wasn't I wasn't doing a podcast. I was doing my weekly articles and stuff like that for winning and boozing. But I was like, I, I was, <laughs> I, I my my entire thought process of this is like oh my god everyone wants to see bama not get in that is outside the sec and this whole is like this us against the world mentality when in hindsight now and i remember watching curb street after he stood up for bama and, and obviously we'll get to that as well that was like oh it, it was one of those really big lessons where i uh, you you have to remind yourself sometimes like twitter's not real life this is not really what people are thinking because it was so it seems so over the top dominant in, in a way where it was like it was set up perfectly for Bama to be left out, but in the same exact way, it was set up perfectly for, be, for Bama to backdoor their way in because of the team they were going up against had abused all the rules. Like you said, the year before and the, and the year before that. And they went on to win the national championship in one of those years. Exactly. And so we're going to, to, to keep this, we're, we're going to try and keep this discussion as much as possible to the information that was available at the time when the decision was made, which was <laughs> December 3rd, 2017. And oh, God. This, this was the most, and it still is, I think, I think you can still say that, the most anticipated announcement for yeah. any specific spot during the playoff era, during these six years of the playoff era in which we have seen 24 spots. I'd argue that this would be number one on the on the rankings yeah. for, in terms of you know the most anticipated Hence the, the Herb Street reaction and all that that we'll get to. But there was another there's another reason why this was such a polarizing topic of discussion yeah. and why maybe it took off and picked up a little bit more steam on Twitter than we than we than there we maybe should have given credit for in terms right. of real life and what the selection committee was thinking. The anti SEC crowd hated this. Hated this, hated this, hated this, hated this. Because it wasn't just Bama getting in to represent the SEC. Georgia was one of the three locks to make the field. So by virtue of Bama being considered for the fourth spot, people were having to accept a reality in which the playoff was going to have its first ever two-team bid from a conference. And for the people who banged the drum in 2011 and said, this is ridiculous, Bama and LSU shouldn't be playing for a rematch for the national championship, we need to change up the system, this felt like, oh crap, it's six years later and we're going back to the same spot. And I think yeah. that was fueling part of this anti-Bama sentiment. Oh, without a doubt. And, and, and what was crazy about this is like the Bama fatigue had was still alive and well. I mean, you're talking about you're nearing you're nearing the end of I mean, this is the last title they won, right? So, that's like 9 years after the first one, 2009. So, you Eight have 
eight math, years. But that's so you right. have well, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. That is nine years, sir. I'll no, continue. but it's eight years because it happens in 2009, the 2009 season, and it's yeah, the 2017, it's the 2017 season. So that's, season so that's I know, but it's eight what? years ago. It's eight years ago. Count, count on your hand. That's not how that works, though. It doesn't you're, matter. You're, it doesn't matter. You, God, you got so excited about being right about that. That was amazing to watch. Um, okay, so here's the deal. They have Bama Fatigue sets in. You have four titles in eight years. You have, you have uh, the 2016 season where they were largely, largely considered the number one team in the country. It wasn't really close. Um... The Deshaun Watson thing was a huge upset. They had a 14-point lead twice in that game. But what I'm saying with all that is the fact that in 2015, you have the or lost to Ole Miss, and they get into the playoff and win the SEC and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of a down year for the East. What I'm saying with all that is everybody was still ready for the dynasty to be over. Everyone. And you had this, you had this thing where they were ranked number one for, for part of the year. They, were, they weren't ranked number one, I think, in the initial playoff. Uh, they were actually ranked behind Georgia. Georgia was ranked number one overall. And, but people were ready to crown someone else as the new king. And a lot of that was kind of warranted, it seemed like, because they didn't play a, a really strong schedule. And then on top of that, the biggest issue they had, their offense was pretty, like, less than spectacular for most of the season. And that's what people kind of kind of clung on to. And, and I think, for me at the time, it was just like, I, I thought the writing was on the wall. You just wanted to see, everyone just wanted to see Bama not get in because they knew what would eventually happen if Bama did get in. And I think we all know how that played out. But it, I think that's for, for Bama fans, and I will admit that, like, I will probably be more of a homer on this one than I, than I would be in some other categories because, like, <laughs> the, the argument for me starts and stops with, did they, did, was their playoff resume deserving of getting in? Don't care. They won the national championship. They were the best team in the country. Well, to me, like that's that's the the thing that I want to get away from because yeah. just as we talk about with the Heisman, we can't use future events to justify what happened in the past. But in, I'm, in I'm saying of, at the time when it happened, I could have told you if they get into the playoff, they're going to win the national championship. They're the best team in the country. I didn't think that right. was was really up for debate. You go and play an Auburn team when you're on the road. It's it's the game was a little bit closer, I think, than like the score would have indicated, and they got beat. But then what, pe- what people ended up doing was, and when Bama is kept out of a national championship, when Bama's t- tried to keep out of the playoffs or whatever else, and people try to talk down about them, there's so much revisionist history that's, that's mentioned along with why they shouldn't be in. And the biggest reason anyone had about, like, well, they shouldn't get in, they should have lost Mississippi State. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Like, I just, we, we'd use that for, for more against Bama than any other team in the country. Ohio State should have lost to Penn State that year as well. Yeah, yes. People, people tend to forget about that as well. Um, the other layers to this that that are important that that I want to dig into, not just yeah. not just the simple question of who was the most deserving team to make the playoff field, the pro UCF crowd, it's gained life, and outside the walls of sunny, beautiful Orlando, Florida, oh, it gained a lot of steam, and there was uh, all of a sudden a, a crowd and a desire for for change and for the system to be tweaked to allow a team like 2017 UCF to make the field. And that was the other, the other wrinkle in all of this. And again, as I always say, don't use UCF's Auburn victory to justify why UCF should have gotten in over Bama. That doesn't make sense. So we're going to judge this. We'll get to it. Um, I'll agree to disagree with that. I'll agree to disagree with that. The team that was going to make it in that last slot, no matter who it was, 
was going to have the weakest playoff resume yet. And that yeah. probably didn't get enough discussion at the time to understand, look, you can't compare this to other years. You really cannot because it's just going to frustrate you more and more. And that's what people tried to do. And it didn't really work with this year because this year was a bit of an anomaly and we're going to get to more of that later. Right. But before we get dig into the rest of this, Marler. You continue to win money with our friends at Bet Online, or at mm-hmm. least I think you do. Yeah. Um, so I would say the best thing you could be doing right now, besides listening to this podcast in your life, is probably get over to betonline.ag today. Uh, you can bet on pretty much anything. They actually have new, um, what do you call it? I'm, I'm scrolling through it right now. They have new uh, team total wins for the SEC. They've updated them. They also have. Uh, odds and and betting <laughs> numbers you can put uh, you can put money down on these few things. Let me read through these real quick. The first Florida-based theme park to reopen. Ooh, pretty close to home. SeaWorld, Disney World, Universal Studios. You can bet on that. Disney World guests will be required to wear wear masks. Getting pretty good odds on that. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can bet on. You can obviously go bet on table tennis. You can bet on Korean baseball, which is now a thing. Uh, you can bet on different props for watching Last Dance. There's a lot of things you can do. Make sure you get over to betonline.ag today because that's where you can do it all. So there you go. People at the time had some very different reactions to this. And one of the nice things about doing one of these debates where we're talking about something that happened in 2017 is it is really easy to go look up all those opinions. And so, so many of these, and this is a shameless plug, but whatever, I don't care. We do such a great job of our, our team, our news team especially, Michael Bratton, Adam Spencer, all of those guys really crush it when it comes to getting the opinions. Hating on Bama? Oh. <laughs> when it comes to big events like this where you know there's going to be opinions that are all over the place, mm-hmm. they do a great job of being able to, to, to find those opinions and get them to the place where the, the, the average person in the public can find them in one place. And that was very helpful with looking up some of the stuff with this. Obviously, some things are more memorable than others. Herb Street being Walking just off. so stunned that he walked off the set was an all-time moment that obviously everybody had. He actually, at the time, took a lot of heat because people were like, the Ohio State grad can't believe that Ohio State didn't make it into the field. Oh, man. I actually I actually agree, though, with his defense of like, look, I wasn't saying that Ohio State should have made the field. I was just stunned that the selection committee made the decision that they did because they we got to remember... Ball. At the time, they're making something that is considered an unprecedented thing. And Ohio State had made it in there earlier mm-hmm. as well. But to be able to to put Alabama into this field, it, it, it was very unprecedented to have two teams from one conference. And that was what Herb Street was unsure, obviously, if the, if the selection committee was really going to be able to get that bold. And sure enough, they did. But the reaction is is all time. It's probably the best live reaction we've gotten during the playoff era. Yeah. And there's there's honestly no better example of knee-jerk reaction, social media overreaction than what happened with Herb Street. Because he walked off camera, and that simple gesture turned into, he's an Ohio State grad. He played football at Ohio mm-hmm. State. He's obviously a homer. He's pissed about that. And it's like, what the hell? Like, give it, let it marinate for a second, guys. Yeah. Like, not what happened at all. Um, it was it was an amazing moment, um, not just for me at L. Felix up at the Battery near uh, where SunTrust Park was, um, but it was an. I mean, it was just it was crazy because like, you, I just I had zero doubt that Bama deserved to be in. I also had zero doubt that they were not going to be in. 
I, I was just like trying to emotionally prepare myself for the fact that it was like, Ohio State's a national brand. Honestly, outside of Notre Dame, I would argue that Ohio State's a national brand more so than any other team in the country. Just, I mean, they, their, their alumni, their fan base stretches so far and wide. They are consistently one of the most profitable universities and athletic programs, and, and from a merchandising standpoint as well. I just thought it made the most sense that they were going to put them in this game. But then, like, because I just, I just want to always say, like, like, to you or to other people, like, when we start arguing about, like, logic and reason, like, if you're, if you're using logic, just don't. Just don't for this, because there's no way they're going to go with it. And they did. When Ohio State suffered the 31-point loss to Iowa, it was, of course, <laughs> the Buckeyes' second loss of the season, a game that, looking back, if we had to come up with a list of the most baffling college football games of the last decade, of the 21st century, Ohio State at Iowa is up there. Iowa was an unranked team, a team that was still unranked at the time that the playoff poll came yeah. out. The final playoff poll came out. They were sitting there at 7-5. and five. Iowa was the definition of mediocre that year, and they could do no wrong on this day. And watching that game back, you'll be amazed at how pedestrian Ohio State really looked on that afternoon. A lot of guys who have gone on to do some really big things couldn't do anything that day. And it was the mo one of the most one-sided games you'll ever see between an unranked team and a team competing for a national championship. <laughs> I never... I tr I really do try and stay away from calling out people in this business. I am team. Oh, uh, it's so much fun though. I am hashtag no enemies. Maybe that's just because like having a traditional journalism background. I try and stay clear of that. But there's one person. I'm not going to name him. Dan Wolken. It wasn't Dan Wolken. It wasn't a national writer. It was an Ohio State beat writer who I followed and unfollowed during this process because it yep. just drove me nuts. This person after this game wrote for the Ohio State side. He's at the game in Iowa City covering this unprecedented, historically dominant, one-sided affair. His post-game column is Ohio State still has a playoff path. Now, imagine being a human being and thinking that's the takeaway of that game. Not what yeah. everybody else, and I get like you're trying to write something different as, as like a columnist in this business. You, I, my goal for writing a post game column when I'm watching a game at home, when I'm covering a game in person, is to never ever ever write something that somebody else is writing. Mm -hmm. I get that. Writing that take on that day sucked. Listening to this person for the next month try and argue that Ohio State still deserved a chance to to be able to play for a national championship, and, and pretending like this loss just was. Nothing, just a run-of-the-mill thing, was awful. And it was one of the things that just drove me nuts to watch this person try and continue to move the goalpost, that to try and part. justify this. It was, I don't think you know who I'm talking about, I'm, I, and he's not like a, a well-known person or anything like that. But if you if you go back and do a little bit of tweaking with the you know the the Google News tab or something like that, I'm sure you can find out exactly who this person was. Okay. But I I it even prompted me to like go at this person on social media a couple different times. Yeah. And I never like doing that. But that that was I I don't want to say that the whole like Ohio State getting a chance to to compete for a playoff spot was because of that person's one take. Right. But there were still people at the time who watched that Iowa game and thought, eh. They're still gonna have a chance. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know who it is. I don't really care because I, I just who they who they lose to before that. Oh, real quick. So they had, they had lost by fifteen to Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma. He plants right. the flag at, at the, the flag. horseshoe. At Here's home. the other thing. Here's the other thing that 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 bothered me about this person. 
They wrote after the Cotton Bowl, in which Ohio State beat USC that year. Yeah. They wrote, this is why the selection committee made a mistake and Ohio State should have gotten in. Now imagine writing that and then not mentioning anything related to Alabama who was going to a national championship. Again, <laughs> using bowl events to, to justify what people right. decide in early December is stupid. Using it in a non-playoff game to say that I, I just was at a loss Wait, for so words. They had that, that year, they lost to Oklahoma at home. And the Heisman Trophy winner, who I thought was going to win the national championship. Um, then they lost to Iowa on the road. And it wasn't even a night game. It was a day game, right? I know. Start- That's the other thing, too. <laughs> like, everybody knows Iowa at home at night is, is, not, is, is close to automatic. Like, if you're looking yeah. for... If you're looking Chaos. for like a surprising lock, it's usually Iowa at home at night. But yeah, that was the thing. If if seriously, if we're watching those highlights at night today, we're yeah. probably like, yeah, all right, we get it. Ohio State just kind of ran into a buzzsaw. But yeah, it was like a it was ran like into a, a buzzsaw, afternoon, like 35 <laughs> degrees in Iowa City, like not that crazy. Uh, no, so so here's the thing, and and I'm pulling it up on ESPN right now, like. The Baker Mayfield game was crazy. JT Barrett was still in college at this point, too, which should come as no surprise because he was like a, a thousand years old by the time he left. But they were they were waxed pretty much the whole game, down 14 and a half. They lost, like, it, it, there were so many parts of this, and I remember arguing about this all the time. And, and like, I, I don't care about what someone that's an Ohio State defender of this said because, because to be honest, both of these fan bases could not be less likable, Bama and Ohio State. And I, I, I'm allowed to say that as a Bama fan. You're allowed to say it if you're not a Bama fan. It's like if they're, they're so far-reachingly obnoxious and awful to deal with on a national scale because it's like, like okay, for, for instance, with Bama, it's the same as the Yankees was in, like in the early 2000s where it's like, well, you guys suck. You guys haven't, or like the late 2000s, you haven't really done anything as of late. The Red Sox have won two World Series titles in the past however long since you guys have won one. And it's like, yeah, 27, bro. 27. 27 World Series titles. That's Bama. 17 national titles. Kind of. Asterisk. Whatever you want to say. But they are quick to do that. It's it's obnoxious. Ohio State has been, what time are we at here? 22-38. Let's write it down. Ohio State's record versus the SEC has been pretty much for most of the time I've been alive. They've won the past couple games, but they will, they will be so quick to bring up, well, we went win right through the heart of the South in 2014. Like, we get it, dude. There's other things that happen, though, that should define your team, your program, and in this case, your season. And when you go on the road to a team that's 5-3, five 5-3 and three, five and three <laughs> in Iowa, and you're ranked number six in the country, you know you can't lose another game because you've already lost at home to Oklahoma. And for the which, record, it was it was lopsided that game. Like, yes. It was it was over. There was never a point in the second half where you really thought Ohio State had a chance in that game. For which one? For the Oklahoma game. Yeah, and that's pretty much the same thing that happened here too. I mean get like you're 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 spot on. 10-10 in the first half. It was 17-17 at one point, but you give up 14 points in the last three minutes. It just I forgot how good Noah Fan and TJ Hawkinson were. Um, but good. regardless, you you're you're losing to a team that's unranked. Why is that important? So Bama lost to LSU at home. There's, I forgot the stat, and it was something that Chris Gordy wrote last year, and it's like Bama's record at home was like 79-5 and or 78-5 and over the past decade. And those home losses that they did lose were to Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Manziel, Heisman Trophy winner Cam Newton. Um, I'm having a hard, the fluke with Ole Miss, and I'm, I think there might have been one more. I don't know. 
But I, it, it might have been like 71 and 3 or something crazy like that. Because they just, it, oh, the game against LSU in 2010 or 2011. So there's a difference between losing at home like that to those teams versus losing at home to an Oklahoma team in the way they did. The other part of this is the fact that, and this is where this the, the conversation honestly did start and stop for me, was you lost to an unranked team. I don't give a if you lost by 10 or you lost by 2 or you lost by 31. If you lost to an unranked team and Alabama hadn't lost, if they, they, I don't know what the record was at the time, but currently they haven't lost to an unranked team in 91 games. Think about that. You lost to an unranked team as the number six team in the country. Get the out of here. Haven't lost to a non-top 15 team since Stephen Garcia, South Carolina in 2010. The only problem. Non-top 15. Yeah, non-top 15. Um, number one seed Clemson lost to an unranked team, Syracuse. Uh, number two. Yeah, yeah I'm talking about my team. That, I know. That was I know. up for Oklahoma, debate with them. That year, Oklahoma had also lost to unranked Iowa State at home. Yeah. Um, the, totally fine, but when it's your second loss, you don't get that. You don't get to use like that is going to get brought up for discussion. Yes. Bama just doesn't do that. After this second loss, though, Ohio State turns around and just destroys Michigan State, a game in which Michigan State did not show up. No, they they completely were just dominated from start to finish. It was like forty-eight to three or something. It was over in the first five minutes. It was a disaster. And then in the Big Ten title game, while Bama is sitting at home. Mm-hmm. And, and is idle and watch, you know, Bama watched Georgia beat Auburn that day. And at night, you know, there's speculation about Ohio State all of a sudden. And I think part of this is, you know, because we want to feel like these conference championships games yeah. are going to matter. And so Ohio State grinds out this win against a Wisconsin team that was undefeated at that point. Uh-huh. Wisconsin only had one win against a top 25 team at the time, which was Northwestern. So people were still kind of waiting to figure out Wisconsin at the time as well. A Wisconsin team that by all means, was really, really good. But it wasn't like they were doing the 2014 thing all yeah. over again where it's 59 to nothing or anything like that. It was a game that went down to the wire that Wisconsin had a it chance It was the game where the, the turf came up. The game where the turf came up. They had to get great the guy with the rake. <laughs> All-time image. Great, great shot. Ohio State had th- had three te- – or, yeah. So, Ohio State had beat three ranked teams uh, at the time of the selection show. They had also beat six total bowl teams. Bama had only beat the two teams that were currently ranked in the top yeah. 25, but it was the six bowl teams. Ohio State against Power 5 teams, average margin of victory 20.8. Bama against Power 5, average margin of victory 25.1. Um, the well, selection before committee- you say it, before you say it, just keep in mind, this is something we've always argued on here, and we tried to argue it last year even too. You shouldn't be allowed to go in based off your best loss. Right, strength of loss is a is a very overrated thing yes. that people get way too caught up in. Like for the the bad strength of loss takes yeah. for this year are trying to figure out. Oh well, Clemson lost by this much to Syracuse as opposed to Oklahoma losing by this much to Iowa State. When it's like the selection committee doesn't look at that nearly as much no. as people think that they do. But the strength of loss argument is different than the amount of loss argument. Bama obviously didn't lose to Iowa by 31 points. That much we know. But at the time, the selection committee, at the time of the show, Mm -hmm. we hear Kirby Hokut. He's asked pretty much point blank, why did Bama get in? Ohio State didn't. Gave it right there. The the selection committee looked at a one-loss Alabama team. 
That loss coming to an unranked Auburn, or coming to ranked Auburn. Ranked Auburn. It compared to uh, to the two loss Ohio State. The Iowa loss was damaging. Huh. Imagine that. That's crazy to me. I, I just damaging. Again, when you say so when we argue best loss, there's a difference between, and I don't care how this sounds, there is a difference between best loss and best losses. And when you have two losses on the season, I don't care who the second one was to. Like, if, you, if, if they had lost to just Oklahoma and won the conference, they by all means you deserve to get in. But if they lost to, who else from the Big 12, 10 was ranked that year? If they lost to Wisconsin, and that was their second loss, you could even argue, well, you couldn't because Wisconsin was undefeated and they would have gotten in. But, I mean, you could even have that argument if Wisconsin was 11-1 in ranked. When you lose to an unranked team and you do so by 31 points, you don't deserve to get in. And I've never if- understood this from, from, like, Ohio State fans will go to their effing graves arguing this point that they deserve to be in. Here's one Ohio State fan who did not go to his grave arguing that, and he's still alive. Shout out to LeBron James. I know he's listening. LeBron said right after this announcement came, it is what it is. I think the, cl- the committee, I think they did a great job, honestly. Obviously, I'm a huge Buckeye fan. People forget he said he would have gone to Ohio State if yeah. he had played in college basketball, but we know he would have went Three-time to All-State football player. Yes, people don't forget that. Um, and we would have loved to be in the Final Four, to be able to compete for a national championship. But there's never been a two-loss team in the Final Four. And if you look at the top four teams that made the Final Four, can you really argue? So we look forward to playing in the Rose Bowl versus USC. In other words, LeBron James even was like, yeah, yeah. Ohio State didn't, make, didn't deserve to make it. Alabama did. Colin Coward. Yeah, Colin Coward of Fox Sports 1. Someone who has, let's let's be honest, that someone who works over. for he works for a network who has a very significant interest in the Big Ten being yeah. nationally relevant. We can say that. Coward says, you can't lose by 30 to Iowa. You just can't. No. I don't care about your strength of schedule. Alabama's not losing to Iowa by 30. And I'm so tired could of hearing this thing. And I'm so tired of hearing this thing. Colin, winning your conference championship must mean nothing. No, it just doesn't mean everything. Never did I think I'd say that Colin Coward would have uh, an unbiased stance. Although it's a he, rational take, he's very anti-Iowa, which is a different thing for a different time. So I don't, it's kind of either nice way. way. Like, it, like it, yeah. it, and what's amazing about this too is, like, just again, it, it has nothing to do with this. This had nothing to do with Bama bias. The commit, the committee got it right. The committee got it right. Now, I will say, all the things that had to happen for UCF to get in happened and they did not get in if you want to be upset about that as a ucf fan fine i i I, I can understand but there's but like, two ways to go with that though but so it's in the same way the 2007 uga I, I said this when it happened like all the things that had to happen for uga to get into the national title or usc to get in the national title game happened they didn't get in because lsu got in and and i think you know I, I, that's still different than the playoff committee but i'm saying Sometimes that does happen where it's like, well, you know, like you're, that, that team is going to be left out. Just because you're an undefeated non, you're a group of five school, that doesn't give you the, like, like just because you're undefeated there, you never saw it happen with Boise. At the time, and people don't ever bring this up, Bama lost at Auburn. They lost their last game of the season. And they lost, I mean, I said earlier, it's like they, it was closer than the game. Like the game was somewhat close early in the first half. I will say that Auburn was ranked in the top 
10 at least. I think they were like 7th in the country at the time. I mean, <laughs> so they're just comparing a 12-point loss to them versus your second loss to this school. Whatever. It's just... A couple more things I want to bring up in terms of what people said at the time. Um, Big Ten Commissioner Jim Delaney, obviously he's going to bang the drum for Ohio State. Of course, understandably so. Um, He claimed that the Big Ten was the strongest conference in 2017. The interesting thing, though, is at the time of the selection show, the Big Ten and the SEC both had five teams ranked in the AP Top 25. Both had three teams ranked in the Top 10. Jim Zelini also argued that the SEC having more uh, FBS oh wins, didn't play as many FCS opponents, playing more conference games, all of those things should have helped yeah, Ohio State in absolutely. that argument. I remember going to Big Ten Media Days in 2018, so the year after this, this happened. And I went from SEC Media Days to Big Ten Media yeah. Days. And in a word, it was baffling. I mean, it was baffling listening to the acceptance of, yeah, you know what? No big deal. Our conference champ just hasn't made it into the playoff the last two years. No big deal. Like, whatever. We still think we're doing things the right way. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you guys are doing this all wrong. To have a nine-game conference schedule is dumb. Ask the ACC and SEC who have gotten a team into the playoff every single year. That streak has still continued. Why you should not have a nine-game conference schedule. They still were like, you know what? We play the best competition. It was almost like... They're like, yeah, we're just kind of waiting on the playoff committee to to acknowledge, like, you know, how good we are. And I'm like, no, no, you're you're totally off the mark here, and you're not understanding the system and Anything. how it works. And there's a reason why Jim Delaney's points weren't necessarily considered by the selection committee because of the fact that there's more to consider than just that, and that doesn't really factor into it. And th- we we've seen year after year. Look, the selection committee does not care if you only play eight conference games as opposed to nine. It just doesn't, and that's a a, a wrinkle in the system that the SEC and ACC have figured out, and until the Big Ten, Pac-12, and Big 12 figure that out, they're at a disadvantage. Yeah, man, keep patting yourself on the back, bro. Keep patting yourself on the back about, yeah, you know what? We 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 do it the right way. We do it the right way academically. We do, it. and you know what? Here's the thing: you don't like the same stuff that they want to bang the drum for, like you said, and pat themselves on the back and say, "Well, look, we didn't play this many conference games." It doesn't effing matter, okay? You've had. Almost the same amount of scandal, if not more, come out of your damn conference in the in the last decade. You've had arguably worse scandals, in my opinion, but they're not going to get onto that. You've had you've come up short in in almost every single major athletic event in college sports. You've come up short, and then the one time you win, you want to bang the drum and pat yourself on the back and all these other things and celebrate it like it's the greatest achievement ever. Year in year out, you don't compete. You just don't. Michigan is a flagship school and, a, and, a, and an absolute national brand, powerhouse, blue blood, whatever you want to say. They've won a half a national championship since 1947. Like, the, the Big Ten is a joke. No offense. I know, and I know what you say, you're, 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 you're on our side on this one. And I, I'm going to say our and we or whatever else. But the Big Ten is a joke. And the fact that they, they sit here and, and try to, like, this whole ivory tower bullshit about how like, well, we play more conference games. I don't care. Your your entire West division is usually garbage. Like, if Northwestern is the is the best ranked team, I don't consider that. I would love Alabama to go play an October schedule of Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern, and Minnesota. Year in, year out, I would love it. Would cherish it. Don't you talk describe, to me about You describe Tennessee's November schedule. What's theirs? Pretty similar. 
They play that this year? They play Georgia and Bama in, tennis in October, don't they? No, they're their usual November schedule. I mean, that'd be... They're, they're, uh, oh, November schedule, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, uh, that's, that's fine. But when you talk about like teams like Georgia and Bama, like who's the second best team in the SEC going into this year? Like who, who's the second best team in the SEC every year? Like, or use last year. Probably Bama behind, or Georgia behind LSU. Sorry, Florida fans. We'll throw Florida in there just for fun. All those teams, I feel like, are probably beating whoever the second best team is in the Big Ten. And it's year in and year out. I don't care about your bowl teams. I don't care about bowl games. I don't care about your academics. All I care about is the fact that when these, when the, the best of the best in each conference line up, you consistently get your ass beat, except for that one time in the Sugar Bowl. And I'm sorry, two times. One of them, you had to vacate the win because you sold all your damn jerseys and stuff like that for money. I, you know what, Connor? Just take it over. I can't do this anymore. I hate the Big Ten so much. I don't have enough time to respond to that. It's, so instead, I mean, instead, I just hate when people get on a high horse about all the things they think they are so great about them, and it, it's not even the argument. Your best team wasn't the best, one of the four best teams in the country. Deal with it. Move on. That's it. Don't sit here and talk about academics like that's that's like Vandy doing that every single year. Who cares? You lost. Cardale Jones was the one who said he wasn't here to play school. So just kind of throwing that out there. Little little reminder, Big Ten's not as not as nerdy as you, as you might think. Um, let's talk about your boy. Good old Canal. DK, man. I love DK. Oh, uh, DK. DK was in rare form during this whole time. There was like a month stretch or I, I don't think I had notifications set to his tweets, but I was like, I was checking constantly. It was great. Um, so after the playoff announcement, Canel tweets, this is, this is all time. I can poke so many holes in this. He says, the lies, regular season matters, conference championships matter, strength of schedule matters, the facts, SEC gets automatic bid slash favored status, unequivocally better means we think so but have no idea. Criteria is written so committee can explain any choice they make. All right, before the national championship, what does Canel tweet? <laughs> Glad you asked. He says, funny how SEC fans are so upset by UCF claiming a national championship. This is from the conference that might have more made up titles than real ones. Just because we just talked about this on Debates Down South with egregious national championships, anything, yeah. I have to throw this oh, out okay, there. Yeah. Canel makes the claim that the SEC has more, un- more unrecognized national championships, that's what he's trying to say, than actual ones. The SEC has 11, as we know, that are not recognized in the mm-hmm. history of, of life. And the SEC also has 11 national titles that are recognized from the NCAA just from 1996 to 2016 alone. 96 was the year after Cannell retired, or Cannell moved on to the NFL, shouldn't say retired. So he might not, he might have spaced that out a little bit. Not sure if he remembers that. They had doesn't at least even include- 12, pl- 12 teams play for a yeah, national, play like- for a national title in 14 years. I'm sorry, not 12, I'm sorry. In 12 of the last 14 years, they've at least played for the national title. That doesn't include 2014's Bama College Football Playoff appearance, where they lost the semifinals. And it also doesn't include the two extra teams that were playing and finished runner-up. So in 14 of the last 14 years, they've had the winner or runner-up. Go on. I love how Canal threw that in there, though. Like the um, This from the conference that might have more made up titles than real ones that's just danny come on man you, you know better than that you know better yeah than that. but he knows what he's doing um the he, he was he was very frustrated during this time yeah and i think he hit a 
he hit a peak in terms of what he recognized his role could be on Twitter and where he could yeah. sort of I don't want I don't know if it's pandering so much as stirring the pots and generating interest, self-interest. He became admittedly very good at it and he knew just the right things to say to get under the fans of yep. or get under the skin of SEC fans and he played this role uh, of provocateur. He played it well. He played it yeah. well. DK is also part of the worst take that you can have about this debate. The first one is conference championships should be required for playoff teams. It's amazing Canal- how much that matters when it's when it's in your favor. And it didn't matter as much in 2016 when right. Ohio State and Penn State were battling for that playoff spot, and it went to Ohio State, who did not win a conference championship. But Canell and Joel Klatt were very big on the, you know in this discussion yeah. of you know what we we need to have conference champions only in the playoff, and we can't have you know because then it gets too subjective and blah blah blah. And I'm thinking to myself like. Pro sports are oh. not nearly as regional as college football at all. I didn't see you, the UCF schedule. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that in a minute. We'll get to that Sorry, in a minute. Sorry, keep going. My bad. Pro sports are just so like not regional compared to, to college sports. As we no. know, we've talked about it on this podcast. You know, as you just mentioned, the Big Ten West is not going to be as good as the SEC West. We know that before the year. We know that during the year. We know that after the year. We know which division is going to be better for years at a time. It takes gradual change yeah. for any of those opinions to to truly alter in a significant way. Whereas in pro sports, that changes from year to year. So why would you limit the ability to say like, okay, because then by, by virtue of that, you're saying no multi-team bids from a conference. You're saying, you're assuming that all conferences right. are equal by saying that. And that is where the entire problem is because nobody in their right mind would look at the Pac-12 in the 2010s and say the Pac-12 no. was just as good as the SEC. No, it, and, I, and I tell you what, this this goes back, we'll get deep into it, this goes back to the Big Ten just pissing their pants in public repeatedly. Uh, like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing there's wrong with that happens. If peeing in your pants is cool, consider, consider me Jim Davis. Harbaugh. Well, so I so I just I have an issue with the Big Ten in general, and I, I hated Danny Cannell at this time because I didn't know Danny Cannell at this time, and I can I, I love DK. I'm gonna say that again because I know people. It's more it's it's like wrestling almost. It's like I, he knows what yeah, he's a doing. Bit. He doesn't fully believe all that. But here's the deal: the stuff with the stuff with the Big Ten, they had the, the Big Ten made moves. Okay, the Big Ten was I I believe expanded before the SEC. Correct. The Big Ten added an eleventh or added the the twelfth team, Nebraska, right. a year before A and M and Mizzou went to the SEC. All right, and so it was already stupid that it was called the Big Ten when they had eleven schools. Yeah. For one, two, they have twelve teams. They add this team. They add Nebraska, and they had the ability to add a team like we talked about this on a couple podcasts ago, Mizzou, that I think would still to this day have been a better move based off of the region, based, I'm just saying, Nebraska has not lived up to anything close to what they thought it would be. It's the market. It's all about the market. Sure, that's, that's absolutely. The it's also about making money and having teams that win win championships in multi-sports. Nebraska hasn't done that. So uh, Volleyball, they've won national championships. Oh, cool, Go Connor. My bad. <laughs> I take it all back. That's my fault. So anyway, so go... <laughs> So anyway, you didn't see that coming, did you? I did not. No, I knew Penn State had a good men's team, but I didn't know anything else about about Big Ten uh, good Big women's Ten volleyball. Team too. Do they? Okay, so there you go. Yeah. So anyway, Nebraska, they they make the move to get Nebraska, and by all means, on the surface level, on, on on paper, that looks like a great decision. I mean, you're adding 
you're adding the SEC. You're adding, I'm sorry. Well, you're adding Nebraska, who has been in the, I guess this is like 2010, keep that 2009 team. They have a Heisman finalist. They were pretty good. You have the 90s, obviously, the 70s, 80s. They were a powerhouse. They've done nothing. But you were the first to make this move, to add the 12th team. Then you made the other egregious move, which made you a laughing stock in, in national media and fans, which was, we're going to have two divisions. doesn't have to be based on geographic or geography. We're going to call them the leaders and the legends. Get the f- out of here. The leaders and the legends? Just it's so awesome. happens that one of the legends ended up being a part of one of the greatest scandals in the history of the world from your, in, your, your school pool of, 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 of universities and programs. Go ahead, what? The funny thing is the legends and leaders, the name, oh, it sucks, it's terrible. The divisions are actually a lot more fair. If you go yeah, back and no look sh- at them. I mean, they, and, then, and then when they change the divisions to east and west, people are right. like, oh, finally, a, a brand that kind of makes sense when the Big Ten's no longer a punching bag. And then two years in, they're like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all, they should have changed the name of it. That would have been it's, much it's better. all they had to do. Like, leaders and legends was stupid as blank. However... You know it's even dumber for a for a actual conference that's trying to be taken seriously for one and, and and make a better PR move and also what's the name of the game here Jim Delaney get as much money as possible get as many championships as possible get football is king get as many teams as possible to the playoff or the in the BCS championship or whatever else your dumbass decides to put Michigan Penn State Ohio State and don't forget Michigan State who also made it to a playoff in the same division. What? Like, why? And, and Maryland. Don't forget Maryland. And Rutgers. Jim Delaney, Jim Delaney wasn't dumb when it, when it comes to making money. I mean, that's, that's sure, the one absolutely. thing that you, that you can't. When you, when you have that about. many teams, in, of, of those are all three of those top three teams. You, there is no division in the country that has more national blue bloods than that. And I am including the SEC because... It has more history and tradition than the SEC East with Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. I don't care how that sounds, guys. And the SEC West, which is, what, Bama, I guess, LSU. Who would be behind them? A&M? Arkansas? Auburn? I mean, like, it's, it is more – it's not just being top-heavy. It is, it is more firepower from a tradition standpoint and football blue blood standpoint than any other division in the football. And you put all three of them in the same division – Everything that you've done, you did to yourself. Okay. The other bad take that I've, we've already discussed, so I won't, I won't spend more time on it, the, the Big Ten's bowl season showed why it deserved a, a playoff spot. Again, don't use bowl, bowl results to justify decisions that are made in early December. The other bad take, we've been waiting for it, and I understand there is fatigue about this program still to this day. And I don't want to beat it into the ground too much because it's been talked about a lot. It's been talked about on our sites. It's been talked about on other sites. UCF deserved the spot over Alabama. That take is just short-sighted. And I know DK made it a lot, and he really banged the drum for it. He got some UCF gear as well. I think that they they hooked him up with that. Shocking. Um, If it's a two-loss Power 5 team that we're talking about for this final spot, I'll, I'll listen to that argument. I, I'm on board with that. Uh, an undefeated group of five team making it ahead of a two-loss Power Five team. I'm intrigued by that. I really am. And I think that that's something that, that needs to be absolutely discussed. Yeah. Here's the issue with UCF and why, besides just the obvious of their group of five school, why they didn't get the time of day. They didn't face a Power Five team or reached a bowl game. 
That's just the way the schedule broke that down. That's unreal. Their Did toughest they... road test. Uh, yeah. So they had the hurricane canceled game from Hurricane Irma as well. I think they were fo- they were supposed to face Pitt that year, if I'm not mistaken, and that game got canceled. I think it was, it was Tech. Pitt. It was Georgia Tech. Or maybe it was. Oh Pitt. yeah. It was it was one of those one of those ACC teams, but not necessarily like you know it wasn't Houston in 2016 where Houston beat Oklahoma in that season yeah. opener, and that was a a big deal for a group of five team to win a game like that. The toughest road test of the year for UCF was a seven win group of five team, so that's it. They beat the two ranked teams that they faced. Don't get me wrong, Memphis and USF. They beat them by one score, and they allowed an average of nearly 50 points. In those games, those games were entertaining as crap. I mean, they were yeah. awesome. Go back and watch those games; they are fun. It is backyard football. The war on I four that year was off the chain. It was unreal. But you allow fifty points and in those games, and yeah, I mean, the selection committee is going to be like, okay, well, you're not sitting there dominating teams if right. you can't stop anyone on defense. And it wasn't just the selection committee who felt this way. The AP only had UCF at number ten in that poll right before the. Right before the the final playoff poll, which the the selection committee put them at number twelve, the BS, the BCS formula, which a lot of people still swear by and still think is the best yeah. way to decide a national championship or at least playoff teams, it only had UCF sitting there at number nine. And oh, by the way, the BCS formula, in case you were wondering, had Bama ranked ahead of, of Ohio State. Yeah, Some perspective, you know. You know, one thing that's amazing about this too is that what people forget about is it was amazing to me. There's no better. Revisionist history, I think, than than, well, that's probably probably an embellished or exaggerated moment, but like or a point, but like, there's a lot of revisionist history when it comes to just how far people in, in the national media will go or fans will go to discredit Bama because of Bama fatigue, and just these are points that need to be brought up. Okay, you had a top 20 scoring offense, right? And most of this season was based off of well, they lost to Auburn, who was ranked sixth at the time. They beat Mississippi State, but barely. Mississippi State, Mississippi State was ranked 16th in the country. They had just beaten LSU the week before. They opened that season against Florida State, right? And this is something that happened a lot last year, especially, which is like, well, Bama has never played anybody out of conference. They're, their non-conference schedule is so weak. They played the year before in 2016. They played a USC team that was unranked and finished the season ranked third, okay? They beat them 52-6, to six, but at the time, they were unranked, so obviously two different teams. Couldn't have been the same. The following, like the following year, they literally they they go they back that that season up from 2016, where they played a team that finished ranked third to a team that was ranked third to start the year, Florida State, and beat them 24 to seven. Well, obviously Florida State wasn't any good; they only went six and six. The amount of just just mental juggling I've had to do to try and figure out where people are going with these just trash takes is mind blowing to me. Because I, and I bring that up specifically because. UCF didn't play any of any teams close to that, and they still UCF, want to go ahead. UCF did not face a Power Five bowl team. That's that, a tough thing to sit there and justify. You can say what you want about Bama's schedule, and it has had yeah. better schedules, strength of schedules. Bama still at least beat four Power Five bowl teams that year. It wasn't like okay, they're they're just getting by facing a bunch of you know four win teams. From, they broke a quarterback in half and it ruined their season. Florida State. That was the game of the century, or like the the what do they call it? The goat. Best opening game in college football history. Yeah. 
And then you also have, again, like I just, it, it always just blows my mind because I remember bringing this up so many times last year. It's like, well, they don't ever play anybody. It's like, you can't make the argument that they don't play somebody when they play them, when they're unranked and finished third, and then have the, in the same breath be like, well, they didn't play anybody the next year when they started third and finished unranked. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, at some point, you have to give credit. Yeah, absolutely. No matter how hard that is. UCF, while we all became very annoyed with the coverage around them, we've talked about this a little bit with, like, say what you want about, like, Michael Sam or Tebow or something yeah. like that. You become more annoyed with the coverage than the actual subject itself. I, I totally understand why UCF did what it did, and I've said yeah. that before on this podcast. Brilliant. Just the move, you know, group of five school, you get so few opportunities to elevate your program to a national brand. UCF was trying to do this, did not yeah. want to revert back to the winless season that they had in 2015, just two years earlier. Look at what Boise State did in 2006 Fiesta Bowl. All of a sudden, they elevate their program. They are considered still probably even 14 years later the premier group of five program in the country. What did Utah do after those 2004 and 2008 seasons when they went undefeated? They got a bid to the Pac-12. What did TCU do after winning the Rose Bowl with Andy Dalton in 2010? They got the Big 12 bid. UCF was trying to get all of those things. National notoriety, there was potential to get a Big 12 bid. All those things are up in the air. So if you're an SEC fan like wondering, well, why didn't UCF just accept the fact that like another team won a national championship (laughs) and this was the system in place? Well, they wanted to have changed and they wanted to to find a way to elevate themselves, elevate their surroundings in a way where they were being heard more. And if if we're being 100% honest, if SEC fans had been, you know, in the same spot, they would have probably wanted their team to do something very similar and to make as much noise as they did. I just, okay. it, but at the same time, what it wasn't that, and I think that, like, that drove people crazy just because it was like, it's it's just the, the same old thing where it's like, if you're telling me the sky is green and I'm looking at it and it's blue and you're going to continue to tell me it's green, like, I don't have enough logic in my brain to be like, stop arguing with this person, Chris. He's crazy. That's how a lot of SEC fans are. They're like, no, you cannot take this from me. I know what I saw. But the other part of it, too, that was kind of weird is there is a big faction and group of of UCF fans that believed it. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? <laughs> they started like, all, if, anyway, that's a whole other thing. Don't say UCF on Twitter. It's, it's Beetlejuice. Oh Just don't God. do it. Don't do it. The thing that I didn't know slash forgot about until researching this, uh, not, not a ton just because you know, this is two and a half years ago, not that long ago. Um, I'd forgotten how watered down the regular season resumes were everywhere. This was not even close. The weakest field that the playoff had seen, and still to this day, I think it it still is, where Clemson, Georgia, and Oklahoma were the three locks. And all of them, I'd argue, had had embarrassing losses for different reasons. Clemson obviously being in embarrassing fashion to a program like Syracuse, which we don't think of them as anything relevant in football outside of Jim Brown, Donovan McNabb, Ernie Davis. Like, you know, that's, quick, that's pretty much it. Do you remember watching that game? It was a Friday night game. Did you watch that? Yeah, where Kelly Bryant gets hurt and it ends up being a really close down to the wire game. Yeah. But do you remember Mac Brown trying to pronounce, I believe, he was bringing up Travis Etienne and he kept trying to oh. like, and he kept trying to say his name, and he couldn't figure out how to say his name. And he's like, he's te- I, I think I still have a video of it. I might have put it on Twitter or, or Instagram. But he was like, Trap, ATN, Travis was a two-time 100-meter, 200 champ. And it was like, oh, my God, Mac, stop. Are you running for president? Good for me. Mac's got, like, the number four recruiting class in the country right now. Recruiting recruiting rankings don't matter right now, guys. I'll say it. He's still working (laughs) at at UNC, at a basketball school. I'll give him some credit. That's fair. I'm just Um, kidding, guys. Recruiting rankings always matter. (laughs) 
The field was very watered down in part because of that game. Oklahoma had lost at home to an unranked Iowa State team. Georgia had gotten just blown out by Auburn. That game wasn't close. The worst loss by a playoff team to that point was Ohio State's 14-point loss to Virginia Tech back in 2014. Mm -hmm. Ohio State, trying to make the field in 2017, had the 15-point loss to Oklahoma, had the 31-point loss to Iowa. So people might look at that, and they might do the old A plus B equals C, C being, okay, obviously then we should have been considering other teams. If Alabama's resume wasn't that good, if Ohio State's resume wasn't that good, then why weren't we talking about other teams? Here's why. Beyond that, you had one loss, Wisconsin. What was the demerit? They had one win against the top 25 team at the time of the selection show. Three loss, Auburn. Had three losses. Yeah. Um, Two loss, USC. (laughs) They beat number one twice. Yeah, beat number one twice, but you have three losses. You're not getting into the playoff. Yeah. Um, Two loss, USC. Had the 35-point loss against Notre Dame. Two loss, Penn State. Had the one win against a top 25 team at the time of the selection show. Washington, one win against the top 25 team at the time of the selection show. UCF, again, zero teams against Power 5 Bowl teams. So are you understanding yeah. what I'm saying here? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I've, I've, trust me, I've gotten it for years. Penn State, their win against a ranked team, was it Iowa? It was Northwestern. Okay, so Penn State, didn't Penn State beat Iowa on the road that year? That was the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like hurdle game? But Iowa was not ranked at right. the time of the selection show. It's a four-point win. <gasps> oh, my God. That's the same day. So this whole season is just ridiculous to me. This, that that same day is the Bama Vandy game. Where it's like Alabama, we gonna beat y'all next. We're, we're number one. We coming for you. Ha. It's also the same day as Florida Kentucky when Kentucky forgot to put an eleventh man on the field on defense twice. Shout out Luke Del Rio. God, that's right. Yeah. Boy, Luke, so proud of you. Luke loves that game. Um, so consider all those things, and consider that there wasn't just this this option there's there's just more parity at the top of college football and and we saw it and it was a wild year we don't talk about 2017 in the way that we talk about 2007 no or 2014 but in a way it had it had moments like that where you just kind of felt like this was anybody's playoff field to win and maybe that fueled some of this belief that Alabama can easily go into the playoff and win this thing as a four seed, even if teams, even if other people in college football thought that they didn't deserve to be there. Yeah, I mean, and again, let me just point out: top twenty offense, scoring offense, number one overall total defense, yards per game, and number one overall scoring defense. That that team was a unit. And you know, I can't believe we've made it through fifty-eight minutes of this podcast and not even mentioned that I saw one of the key figures of this season this morning at Publix. Oh, you did! I saw Calvin Ridley this morning. Made him very awkward. Made him very, made him very uncomfortable. We're not even going to get into that. I decided to do the Michael Scott finger guns thing for some reason. I don't know what I was thinking about. I was like, "Roll tide!" Pew 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 pew. It was really, really awkward. Um, Anyway, the thing about this, like, you can bring up so many stats, and like, there's, there's, I've said it twice now on the podcast where it's like, the argument starts and stops with this. But if you really want to get into it, like, like I, I want to issue just like a challenge to anybody because if, if you think that, that we're wrong with this, please let us know why. And, and maybe no one does. Maybe we're just, we're just yelling into dead air because of everyone. I've never heard a single Georgia fan say that we shouldn't have gotten in, even with how everything played out. And it's credit to them. But, like, bro, Iowa, Iowa scored 55 points on this Ohio State team, and they were the 66th ranked offense in the country. 
It was not a good Iowa team. It no, not, it was not. not. I mean, Iowa's had some decent teams in the uh, playoff era. Yeah. That wasn't one of them. It's and you wasn't. know, it, what's amazing to me about this, too, and this this gets lost in the shuffle when you talk about this season especially because because teams will, there are pundits and especially like media people, North Mason Dixon, guys like DK and all that kind of stuff at, at the time, but even now, will point out that like the national championship game and winner was a factor of SEC bias or whatever else you want to say or Bama bias, however, however you want to bring it up. But what no one ever discusses, because I, I tell you what, that Bama-Clemson game was boring in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, it was exciting, kind of. Some things happened, but it was still pretty boring. But this, this entire playoff, the three-game playoff, gave us arguably the two greatest games we've ever seen in playoff history. I know that, Clemson Ohio State last year was awesome. That Rose Bowl is one of the greatest Incredible. games I've ever watched in my entire life. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it was like... I've, I've, I've never said this. Well, I probably have now that I'm an adult and, and a little bit more grown up. But, like, there's very few times in my entire life where I've been like, God, I hope this game doesn't end so I can go watch. I cannot watch a Bama game. But it was like, dude, that Rose Bowl is fantastic. And they just kept putting off the start time of the, yeah, damn, yeah. Of the Sugar Bowl. And I remember it being, I remember it being it was like, it's like 9.15 or 9.30 on New Year's Day. So people had gone out the night before, especially in our apartment complex. And Allie was like, Chris, I'm worried about you. And I was like... I was yelling. I was yelling a lot. <laughs> I haven't been uh, I haven't been hung over many days. It's like post college in my life. Yeah, totally. But I actually is. I actually was hung over on New Year's Day. There's a fun fact for you. you. On that day and still was not feeling great at like, you know, eight o'clock even that night as that yeah. game was happening. But that game was is incredible. It was a great day of football. Um, we already know where you stand on this. Do you have any other points that you wanted to get I out? I mean, there's just, there's so many, like you can look at it from any angle and it's just, they never deserve to not be in it. Like they shouldn't have lost to Auburn. Fine. Whatever. I'd say, well, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, that's a good choice of words. The, if you look at it from any angle, let's flip it. Let's look at, at the exact, op- let's flip the script. Ohio State is the one, Ohio State sitting there is the one loss team. Yeah. They didn't win the Big Ten. Um, Alabama sitting there with two losses. One of their losses was a, a 31-point loss to an unranked team. Unranked then, unranked now. Alabama gets in. We have riots. There are oh, God. there are people that are saying, that, well, let's boycott the playoff. Yeah. This system is ridiculous. We, we would least. have had a slew of Power 5 coaches coming out and saying, you know what, I think we really need to rethink this now. Yep. I don't care when the contract goes up in 2024. I think we really need to take a long, hard look at how we evaluate a, a champion in college football once again. There would have been chaos if Bama had gotten in with two losses, one of them being a 31-point loss to an unranked team. Bro. And people that look back on this argument aren't willing to flip those scripts. All they no. want to say, and Ohio, State's have been, Ohio State fans have been on the, oh, there's been this this Bama, or not necessarily like Bama bias, but like this anti-Ohio State thing from ESPN for the past two years. And I'm thinking to myself, like, y'all are, y'all are nuts. Y'all are absolutely out of your gourd if you think that. Don't f- the bed every time you get a chance to do something with it then. Besides, besides, besides the 2014 season, which is an incredible story, man. If you have a third-string quarterback come in and, and not just beat teams, but beat them in the way they did, that's awesome. But I tell you what, man, I said this last year. I said this last year. Before the Auburn loss, we should have an asterisk on it still. But regardless, I said it last year before the Auburn loss. If Bama, Bama was so decimated on defense 
And People Bama never talk had, about the injuries. Of course. And Bama had lost by five total points, which I, I somehow got on a tangent the other day when I was rewatching games on my birthday. I forgot we had that fumbled punt. I forgot about the fumbled punt against LSU in the first quarter. Anyway, but if, if they don't have that five-point loss to the greatest offense in the history of college football – and, and they are somehow undefeated, then, yeah, they, maybe they deserve to be like a national title talks, even with the injuries. But with one loss and all those injuries and Tua being out the rest of the year, I said before, and I was like, do you really want to put this team in the national title game or the playoffs? Because yeah. of the fact that I, I think I, I know the writing on the wall, especially if they played against that LSU team, what was going to happen. And maybe that's a little bit different than this year, like the year we're discussing here in 2017. But, like, for the sake of our program, I don't want to go get embarrassed. I don't want to go out there and, and, and see our team that's not who, as good as we think they are, go play the playoff just for the sake of playing in the playoff. If my, if my team had lost two games and had lost to Iowa by 31 points, and on the heels of, of and that happened on the heels of you making it to the playoff by not winning your conference and getting beat 31 nothing. The year before, yeah, man, you might want to sit this one out. You might, you might want to sit this one out in terms of trying to make an argument for your team. And they still do it. <laughs> I went back and found some, uh, some old tweets. And, um, Mine? Yeah, well, yeah, both of ours. Oh, God. So 2017, oh, before we had started doing this podcast, oh, Jesus. Uh, you tweeted at me, like, or I had, you had tweeted something about, like, Something about like just ripping Wisconsin and how that was going to be the thing that should keep Ohio State out of the playoff. And I was like, that's not what this is about. And then you responded like right away, like, oh, you're probably banging the drum for Ohio State, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Here's what you got to understand. And I had to remind you of this this whole deal of like, because you had texted me today. Well, Connor, you said, I was drunk, what side man. Of- I was drunk all, all fall. <laughs> what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> you said, what side of the argument are, are you on? And I have been making this joke since since the Iowa game happened, where every time somebody would bring up the discussion about Ohio State's playoff yeah. chances, and you'd be surprised to know that Dustin Schutte is in this camp as well. Yes, Dustin I love me some Dustin Schutte, well. but I did not expect that. I would say, oh, cool. Ohio State's going to build a time machine. They're going to go back in time and erase Iowa from our memories. That's awesome. Good for Ohio State. They're on the cutting edge of innovation to be able to do that. Because you know what? It happened. And it didn't come down to just one game. But my gosh, the selection committee looked at that and said, no, no, we can't do it. As of right now, I don't care what happens. I don't care if you beat Michigan State, Wisconsin, 100 to nothing. It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to, because if you're thinking about this from a business standpoint, the selection committee wants to avoid what happened in 2015. 2015, Michigan State gets into the field, deserved to make it into the field. What happened in that game? They got smoked by Alabama. They got shut out in that game. The the playoff committee apparently lost like $20 million worth of ad revenue that they had to give back to their advertisers because nobody was watching that game. Part of that was because it was on New Year's Eve. Yes, part of that being the fact that it was on New Year's Eve. It was a sleeper game. It was awful. Who was the, the other selection game? Committee. Oh, the other game was Oklahoma and no, Clemson and, and Clemson Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. The selection committee has a, a priority. Their goal is to get the best four teams into the playoff, but they do it by putting the four most deserving teams in there. Right. If you lose a game of that caliber, you are saying that you are not deserving of making the field in that spot yeah. for a second loss. 
because in the back of their mind, they're thinking, you know, it would really suck if Ohio State gets to the semifinal and loses another game 31 to nothing. Nobody wants to watch that. Nobody cares about that. And I'm not saying that all of these decisions are made with advertising deals in mind, but there's a reason that the selection committee has been like, look, Penn State didn't have a chance, in my opinion, of getting back into the playoff field after it had that blowout yeah. loss against Michigan in September. We learned that that year. We yeah. learned this again this year. You get killed like that in a game that you shouldn't lose that badly? No. It shows, look, that, that can happen in, in any given day. And you know what? Ohio State paid the price for it. Ohio State absolutely did not deserve to make it in that year, and it would have been a travesty if the two lost Buckeyes with that bad of a loss had been able to make that field. Now let's look at some positives. They did go play USC in the Cotton Bowl and were a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, and that was hands down the most money I've ever made in a bowl game betting because it was like, yeah, they're going to blow them out. This isn't going to be close. So that yeah. was cool. That was fun. I think we could all agree on that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it, man. I don't I don't think there's that much else that you can really say for it just because I I think I think the bigger argument and the bigger debate and it's something we can you know, it's hard to find actual rounded facts for, but I, I think Ohio State actually might get the benefit of bias way more, especially recently than other teams. Uh, like especially from the SEC because it, like most of the stuff we just illustrated like It'd be one thing if we'd never seen it before, like we hadn't in 2011, that, re that repeat of in the BCS, like we'd never seen that game happen. We'd seen this before. We saw it the year before. So, anyway. It would have been, been tough to justify. And like I said, yeah. when you flip the script and you're like, okay, well, there would have been way more outrage had Alabama been in that position as a one-loss team and, made, and, and oh been, God. you know, or as a two-loss team, rather, and made the field. There would have been right. riots in the streets. It would have been really, really bad. So, hopefully, this brought some, some new perspective, at least. I wanted to dig into this just because this wasn't a subject that we've had uh, a lot of time to be able to, to dig into throughout, yeah. throughout the, the time that we've been doing this podcast. Just you brought this my old tweets. This all happened right before. Yeah, you remember your first tweet that you ever sent to me? No, oh my Connor, gosh. I don't remember any of that because I was drunk all fall. I was just, honestly, it, oh, I do. Is this about winning... Uh, how, how have spread you picks? become so good? Yeah, how have Connor, you become so I'll good? I'll be honest, I don't want to burst your bubble here, but I was just trying to get a job, bro. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to. So, and it worked. So, no, it didn't. Well, I didn't I mean, have I, any say. I didn't have any say in that. Now, the whole like decision to do a podcast together. Yeah, yeah. that was different. That was a different discussion. Go. Okay. Um, All right, so fair enough. It worked. Yeah, there you go. I think, I mean, I think God bless the broken road. So, there's that, guys. And, I, you know, and I, I do want to say also, Georgia fans. You're welcome we didn't get into the, the final game. I, I want to give a shout-out to my boy, Josh Loader, um, who uh, sent me a thing on Twitter last week. He said, hey, man, got to say this. Pretty pissed off that you brought this up. He didn't say pissed off. He, he was just giving me a hard time. But he was like, there's no way the kick six is worse than second and 26. And he brought up several reasons why. So maybe for our next debate, we talk about we do some fan sourcing, or fan, was that what's called? Crowdsourcing. And uh, and see what they want to debate next. And we can dig into it, because we're running out of stuff, man. There's only we're something out we can stuff. trash Bama's name. We're not, we're not running out of stuff. We've got plenty of stuff. Oh, we, we will reach out to people in the Facebook group uh, and ask them some some opinions. But we, I, we still got plenty of ideas in the holster. Next day, next time, just don't like ghost me for two days when I throw an idea at you, you know? I'm just, yeah, not bad for living life. But I mean, yeah, I said the real, the real debate here, Connor? What happens if, what's his name, Mr. 28 carries for 103 yards every game of his entire life, 
what's who's the running back from Auburn? Which running back from Auburn? Carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. What happens if Carry on Johnson's not injured? Because I will never forget the second biggest win I had that year for betting was the morning of that SC championship game. I was working at the uh, College Ball Hall of Fame, and I remember seeing a text from my buddy. He's like, "Dude." Vegas, Vegas has come out with uh, like the line has moved three points overnight in favor of Georgia. It's like hop on Georgia immediately. I did. I don't know if that's a. If, I mean, it, it's an interesting hypothetical, but I don't know if there's a way to really we'll figure it out. I got a mystery. All right. As always, we will talk very, very soon. Still working out the details for Casual Friday. It just meant more. Hopefully, we're gonna have a very Jordan Rogers. Center reached Reach. out. Reached out. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. TBD on that. Um, Marler, Arun Meyer, uh, Kirby Hoka, Jim Delaney. What do we need to know? Don't put all your good teams in one division, Jim. They've just meant more.